Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. with 44 goals on the season approaching 50 likely going to get there for the second time in his career good call there from jason so i want to compare some oilers uh, goal scoring numbers here in a couple of minutes but first let's go to the scoreboard as i mentioned the flames play at seven they're taking on arizona then edmonton calgary tomorrow on 6 30 ched face-off show at 6.30, game will start at 8. It's going to be Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer with the call. Jack's coming up after the 7 o'clock news. That'll be fun and unpredictable. Late in the second period, Capitals and Sabres now tied 3-3. Ovechkin gets his 41st. Also late in the second period, Rangers all over the Penguins tonight. It is 4-0. Chris Kreider, two goals. He's up to 44 on the season, one of them shorthanded. And the Jets leading the Blue Jackets 2-1, about six and a half minutes left in the first period. Kyle Connor has a shorthanded goal, and he now has 41 on the year. And the Jets uh, trying to stay in there, trying to stay in there. They're five points behind Dallas for the second and final wildcard spot. Dallas does have a couple games in hand, so the Jets are going to have to go on a pretty incredible run to get into the postseason. What are their playoff percentages, by the way, since I was referencing that site earlier? Again, uh, the site I use, sportsclubstats.com. I know there are other sites and people that do calculations. Uh, Winnipeg, yeah, their playoff chances at just 6.8%. And like I said, they're five out. And I've often said that before, and and not that I'm the be-all and end-all of uh, odds and probabilities. I, I've just found from following this on other sites over the years and seeing how it often plays out into the f- uh, final 20 games of the season, if you're more than four points out, out of a playoff spot, you're like you're all, you're pretty much done, if you think about it. Like, Because if the team ahead of you goes, say they go 12 and 8, well, you have to go, then you have to go, f- you know, 14 and 6. Not impossible, but but tough. You know, every... Every couple points you drop along the way make it harder and harder to get in. So that's why the Oilers are in such a good position now. It has them at 83.6%. Oil Kings coming up at 7, like I told you, so we'll update their game against the Hurricanes once we get into it. So what what was this? That was an awesome stat by by, uh, Jason, and I'll have to update it tomorrow for the face-off show. So 33 goals combined this month for... Uh, Kane, Tricetal, Yamamoto, and McDavid. And I, I believe he said 16 teams haven't even scored 33 goals this month. So the Oilers are lighting the lamp a little bit more and spreading it around a little more. So I, I said to Jason, in terms of the forward depth or the scoring depth, is, is this even better than when the Oilers broke that playoff drought and had a 103-point season in 16-17? So I quickly brought up the stats for the two years. So in, in 16, 17, and I'll just stick to the forwards here because there was a defenseman who had double digit goals in 2017. And that was Oscar Clefbaum who had 12 goals in 82 games. But in that year, 
Uh, where were we at here? One, two, just double checking this. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, indeed, seven. So seven forwards in that season. That was the first one in Rogers' place. Seven forwards had 16 goals or more. Now that was a, a little lower scoring than it is now because don't forget McDavid got to exactly 100 points in the last game of the season to uh, lead the league in scoring. He's already at 95 this year with still 17 games to go. But still, just for some context. So McDavid had 30. Dreisaitl had 29. Patrick Maroon had that big year. He had 27 goals. Lucic, I, I know it dropped off for him, but he had a pretty good year. He had 23 goals and 50 points. Everly had exactly 20. I think he got four goals in the last two games to get to 20. Nuge had 18. And then Mark Letestu, friend of the show, had 16 goals. So seven forwards had 16 goals or more in 16-17. Now, currently this year, there are four forwards who already have that total. Dreisaitl, 44. McDavid, 35. Hyman's up to 21. Yamamoto, what a burst for him, is now up to 18. Evander Kane already has 15. So he's going to get there, and Pugliarvi has 12. It's It's been up and down for Yessi, some injury issues. Uh, I, I think he's I – th- I thought he played better yesterday than he had uh, a couple games previously. So hopefully he can get to 16. So in terms of uh, – th- they may have more players who scored 16 or more goals in 16-17, but some guys really scoring uh, a ton. And then if you look further down the lineup – maybe there's more likely to be some contributors. Uh, I mean, back in 16, 17, remember Tyler Pitlick got hurt that year? He had eight goals in 31 games. He was on a pretty good pace. Pouliot got eight. Uh, Kajula got seven. Cassian, seven. Hendricks had four. Uh, this year, you know, Ryan's got eight. Fogel's got eight. Nuge has seven. So, so you might have some more guys hitting double digits than did a few years ago. McLeod's got six. We'll, Devin Shore, who's coming up here in a few minutes, he has five. Cassian has five. So anyways, interesting comparison. Uh, I think one through 12, the Oilers forwards are deeper this year. And yes, they're still sort of maybe uh, hoping some guys grab it a little more here along the way. But uh, that was a really good stat from Jason. I appreciate that. 780-496-0063. But the big line right now is McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto. Head coach Jay Woodcroft was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today, and Stoff asked him about that treatment. There are the ingredients of what should be a really productive line. First and foremost, uh, you have Connor's sublime skill through the middle of the rink, his speed. He, he just puts other teams on the back foot. Then you have the work ethic and determination and a willingness to go to hard areas of Kyler Yamamoto and then you add Evander Kane into that mix and there's some physicality, some size. You have someone with a really good shot, someone who can score from distance. I think it's the makings of a good line and we're starting to see them build a little bit of chemistry here and they certainly have paced us five on five over the last little while. Well, Kane's been exceptional. I know Daniel Nugent Bowman with The Athletic wrote a piece on him yesterday and then, yeah, okay, maybe the shooting percentage, the PDO is... A little higher than you might think is sustainable or whatever. But, I mean, he does have a history of scoring goals in the National Hockey League and a very unique player because, what, do you have seven hits last night? Uh, I mean, the the guy gets out there and and throws his weight around. I I know I've been asked it a few times by, listen. I even had a friend text me a few days ago and she was saying, like, can the Oilers afford to keep Evander Kane? Well, like Jason said, at this rate... 
I, I mean, if he gets to if he gets to twenty three goals in basically half the season, if you and put all the other stuff aside, just from a hockey standpoint, would you not want to test the open market? And, and I realize he's a, you know there's only one McDavid that he can play on a line with and all that kind of stuff, um, but still, most players want to make as much as they can make, regardless of any previous situations. So. I think that's a good point by Jay. You know, the numbers that have been thrown around, well, three times three, three times four. All it takes is one team to say, hey, Vander, we're giving you five years, $6 million per year. I, I would I would think when it comes down to it, he's, he's probably going to look around. I mean, I, if you ask me to totally just make a prediction right now, and the, the 14 of you who listen to the show know that my predictions aren't always very good, but... You know, if I had to make a prediction, I would think, why why wouldn't you at least sniff around free agency? You know, why would you not at least think, okay, I I, I want to see what I can get. Now, who knows? Maybe he thinks Edmonton is the greatest place in the world and the Oilers are the greatest team he's ever played for. I, I don't know. I, we don't have that insight into what's going on in his brain. But that's, you know, that's one storyline to follow. And obviously that's going to go into the offseason as well. Uh, so last night, Derek Ryan didn't play. He was scratched. You had uh, Warren Fogle bump down to the fourth line. Uh, you know, Brad Malone's been sent down to the minors. So the Oilers back at full health. And that means you got to scratch some veterans. Here's Woody. I think returning to full health makes us the best team that we can be in. And we have returned to full health, and we introduced some new players that were acquired at the trade deadline. With that, we had a very pointed meeting yesterday as a team. We let our players know that this is our team, um, that decisions regarding ice times and lineups were going to be made based on the real-time information that the players were giving us. Um, and it was our intent and hope that those decisions would be difficult and I can tell you um, not dressing the three players that we we, dre- we didn't dress last night that was a hard decision because they're three quality NHL hockey players and it's incumbent upon the people that are in the lineup um, to continue to make those decisions hard and the way you do that is by playing well so um, I think we're at our healthiest we're at our deepest and I think we will, you know, as being a deep team, you're going to use that depth down this stretch run, and that's how we intend to win. And it was, so the three scratches last night were Chris Russell, Derek Ryan, and Josh Archibald, which I found interesting because I was kind of penciling in Archibald for every home game and even tomorrow in Calgary. So I did find it interesting that Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff said, you know what? We think right now Broussard is going to be a better option. We got him, and we th- and we want Fogel to keep playing. We're not going to put you in just because you're available to play. And even though you you know you worked hard to come back, and we have you for these games, and you played a couple more earlier, they it wasn't just automatic that Archibald went back into the game. I I, I found that interesting. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to give me a call, like I said, Jack Michaels is coming up, and we'll get to my sit down chat with Devin Shore after this. All right, uh, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Optional skate for the Oilers. Uh, Devin Shore was 
on the ice. And uh, Devin's had some pretty cool developments in his life lately. Sat down and chatted with him. Well, Devin, good to see you. Uh, I'm going to start with the big question. How is Jamie doing? He's doing great. He's doing great. Yeah, it's it's been it's been hectic at home, but uh, a lot of fun. He's, he's doing well. Yeah. So does it feel, do you, have you had to adjust your routine as a player and all your game day routines and all that kind of stuff with the dad duties? A little bit, yeah. It's, it's tough when you go on the road. You know, you, you have a job to do, but you, you want to be at home helping out. And um, thankfully, I have a very supportive wife who lets me sleep in the basement on game nights. So I'm not too far behind on sleep. And, and, uh, and her mom's here to, to help as well. We got, so we got Nana there to help. Um, but definitely some adjustments, but it's, uh, I think we got a, a pretty good system going at home so far. Yeah. Well, and your goal, cor- your goal scoring rate picked up since you became a dad too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it might be a little bit, of, just a bit of a coincidence, but uh, yeah, we'll take it for sure. All right, and uh, I, I know another member of your family who made a brief appearance on this show last year was Potter, who started barking during an interview. How, how is Potter as a, a doggy sibling to Jamie? Uh, she's been great. Uh, definitely still kind of in the curious stage, I think. Like you can kind of see some some protective instincts, but for the most part, she's doing she's doing a lot of sniffing and kind of just it, it's it's really new for her too. But no, she's enjoying it. She's really gentle with them, and uh, and she's doing she's doing great. A lot of people like the dog calendar, and you and Potter are in that. How did you enjoy doing the photo shoot? It was awesome. Yeah, we there's a there's a lot of good dogs on this team, and and uh, we care a lot about our dogs. So. Uh, yeah, to, to go and get some pictures done and, and, and also sell them for a good cause, uh, it's, uh, it's great on both sides there. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite shot in the dog calendar? I know a lot of people were talking about Miko, big guy with the tiny dog. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a pretty cool one. Uh, I, I like Darnell's. I think, I think he looks pretty badass in the, with, the, with the two dogs there. I, I like his. All right. Um, last night, uh, before we talk about the game, Little Ben Stelter was on the ice before the game. He got to stand between Connor and Evander. Uh, you guys were excited on the bench. Then he was on the big screen, and he got a, a big ovation. Then he got to do post-game, and, like, wow, was he ever comfortable? <laughs> uh, just tell me about being around him a little bit, and uh, if you don't mind, maybe after the game too, because I think he got the player of the game garb you guys usually give out. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a special night. Um for him and it, I mean of course it helps getting a win for him you know everyone's in great spirits uh, we, we would have been there for him regardless of the result but yeah it was it was really cool to, to see him at the start of the game and then to come in after after a big win and, and get pictures and fist bumps with the guys he, he definitely is a, a source of inspiration for us and it was it was cool to meet his family too and uh, yeah we're, we're definitely pulling for him and and uh, yeah we're going to be there for him. Okay. Now, as for you guys, obviously, it's been a good burst lately. Your, your percentages of making the playoffs has increased uh, with six wins in the last eight. Well, first of all, do you follow any stuff like that? Like, I always, maybe I shouldn't tell you about this site. It's called sportsclubstats.com, and a lot of people do their analysis with probabilities. Do you look at any of that or just the raw standings? Absolutely not. I, I don't look at any of it. Um, you can get down the rabbit hole pretty quick. Yeah, I, th- I think if... It's it, it's if you ask any player, we're, we're off social media and like we just try to kind of distance ourselves from that. Um, and even the standings, to be honest, like we we're obviously in, in control of our own fate. So we just got to make sure we're 
we're putting together a good plan each night to beat the team that night um, and and worry and let the standings kind of take care of itself. But yeah, no, we're not we're not uh, looking at the fancy stuff too often, to be honest. Okay, well, I guess I can't blame you for that. Uh, you guys made a couple more additions at the at the trade deadline with uh, Kulak and Broussard coming in. You know, Nuge came back healthy. Uh, look. There are some guys on this team who aren't going to be scratched, no matter what. And there are other guys who fill other roles. Do you feel there's uh, a lot of internal competition for you and some of your, your guys in the roles you play? For sure. Yeah, and, and and it's all good. I mean, if like it's if, if you're if you're scratched or or if when, when you're in, you you go and and you do whatever you can to help the team. And if you're scratched, you'd be a great teammate and. And, and wait your turn and, and be ready because like the opportunities are going to come. You have to trust that. And and we got a great group of guys in here. Everyone's pulling for each other. So um, and if you know if we if we get to the place where we want to towards the uh, as we head into the spring here, we're we're going to need everybody because you know it's a grueling schedule and uh, you don't wish injuries happen, but it, it is a reality. So guys got to be ready to step up whenever uh, whenever they're asked. Yeah. Well, and speaking of your goal scoring burst, the last time you guys were in Calgary, you scored. Was that the first time you've scored a goal off a ref? Yeah, for sure. Like, like it's exactly what I was talking about. Like the like you can you can make a great play and and do everything right, and then the puck doesn't go in. But then the one that does go in is is something that happens like that. So you just try to stick to the stuff you can't control and 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 play the right way and, and hopefully a bounce like that comes comes here or there and if you're playing the right way you're, you're probably creating a few more bounces for yourself uh do you place any i mean obviously the fans are hyped and as a media guy we like talking about a battle of alberta they're in first place i i, I would say you guys were not at full health when you went in there before does that change the approach or the importance you guys kind of not place on this game but just the vibe around it yeah and i think the the fans are what truly drive the the rivalry um but as players we pick up on that for sure it's it's a fun rivalry to be a part of especially coming into the last quarter of the season we're in it's a meaningful game two good teams so yeah it has all the ingredients for for a great game tomorrow night saturday night so it should be a lot of fun both teams are going to be ready and it, it should be intense what was your experience with the battle of alberta before you came here were you a viewer or just sort of generally aware of it yeah i'm more, more so generally aware of it obviously i remember the the, the stuff with the goalie fight a couple of years ago that was always like as a as a player on another team you, you definitely you definitely see that but uh, and even even as a kid watching hockey night in Canada you always knew like you always knew about the, the Battle of Alberta back to you know the, the Ryan Smith Jerome McGinley days and stuff that was, so it, you're aware of it for sure. All right, that is a, a wide-ranging chat I had with Oilers forward Devin Shore after the optional skate today. Everything from the Battle of Alberta to his recent uh, little goal-scoring binge. And, uh, yeah, he's a dad. Jamie, a little over a month old, and he's a doggy dad as well, Potter. So Devin's got a lot going on in his life, and a positive guy. It was good to sit down with him. Speaking of positive guys, interesting guys, unpredictable guys perhaps, Jack Michaels is coming up next on Inside Sports. Hang on, everybody. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.